Hey girl, are you ready? Because you're listening to the Beam Life Podcast. Beam stands for be everything and more. And that's exactly what we're here to do. This show is all about girl power, community, building vampires, and taking action. My name is Caitlin, also known as the Beam Boss. I'm obsessed with my mission to change the way women show up for themselves, each other, and the world. This podcast is a combination of my own personal life experiences, and trust me, there's a lot of them, mixed with interviews I have with other Beam Babes who are blazing trails, getting shit done, and shining their light. It's always authentic, real talk, and most importantly, full of inspiring stories and actionable tips to help you get to where you want and deserve to go. It's time to shine, Beam Babe, so let's get this party started. Hi, Bean Babe. I am so excited. I have a super special treat. So this has been sort of a podcast in the making. I have invited my partner, my love, Chicken, also known as D, <laughs> to be on the podcast today for a lot of reasons. Number one, I feel like the people we share our intimate lives with and our private lives with are the best at being able to pull things out that other people might not be able to. So I feel like D is going to be able to ask me some questions and, um, provoke certain emotions that, you know, normal people wouldn't be able to do. And also because we get a lot of requests to do, um, a relationship podcast and, um, I didn't know quite what that would look like, but D also does this for a living and interviews, um, you know, the elite of the elite. So it feels like we can make this into an interview style because we both enjoy interviewing. And so we decided to kick this off. We're going to do like a scramble style. So what that means is we've each come up with three questions and neither one of us has any idea what we're going to ask the other. (laughs) And we, we didn't put any guidelines on it. So, um, it could get really crazy or it could just be really funny. It could be emotional. We have no idea what's going to come, but either way, it's going to be a good time. And I feel really honored to share this time in this space and continue to learn about each other and this relationship. So hi, babe, how are you? Hi, I'm doing good. I'm a little (laughs) nervous because I like to be prepared. So I wanted the questions in advance and I did not get them in advance. So I'm going to wing it, Um, but (laughs) let's just do this. Let's do it. That was our Enneagram three and Enneagram five um, intro slash (laughs) slash intro. I love it. So I'm super excited. Um, I guess if you want to, since you're the more nervous one, why don't you kick it off and ask me the first question? Okay. So the first question to the beam boss is um, the most important question um, first. Uh, Should I be worried about all the pumpkin flavored items in our house um, that are coming in over the last week? We got pumpkin yogurt. I open up the fridge. I got pumpkin yogurt, pumpkin flavored oat milk, pumpkin uh, cookies. Everything is pumpkin. We are some. I think if there were like uh, pumpkin broccoli flavored uh, <laughs> something, it'd be in our fridge if they had that. 
which would probably be gross. Uh, but love this. Um, why do you love uh, pumpkin so much? And um, does it bring you back to like a holiday or what's what's up with the pumpkins? <laughs> I love so much that this is your first question because it really is an obsession and it's something that I look for every year. Um, to me, Halloween is actually my favorite holiday because I've always enjoyed getting dressed up. And when anything pumpkin comes out, that means fall is starting, which means Halloween and then Thanksgiving and then Christmas. And I love the holidays. As you know, it's just fun because there's lots of festivities and it's a time to be together. And it, oftentimes we get to bring in our own family traditions and combine them together in our household. So it's really fun. And plus it tastes amazing. Anyone who doesn't like pumpkin is just, I don't know, delusional. It's the best thing ever. Um, and yes, I just love pumpkin. <laughs> don't hate on the pumpkin. Also, I totally want to know you guys can, uh, DM after listening to this, who is also on team pumpkin, because I think we all should stick together and I don't know about you guys, but I also like to stock up for the following year and keep pumpkin items as long as I can until the next pumpkin season. <laughs> if I could, I'd have pumpkin in July. Okay. Don't hate. True story. True story. Pumpkins everywhere. Um, <laughs> I'm learning to love pumpkin. I do like the pumpkin smells. It does yeah. remind me of I even have my pumpkin candle right here. It's lovely. Yeah. It kicks <laughs> off the fall. I get it. I love it. So my first question for you is I call you chicken. My daughter McLean calls you chicken and some of our close friends call you chicken. So where did that story come from? I'm always the one that tells the story. So I want to know the story in your point of view, how it came to be, how did you get to be known as chicken in our close family circle? And what does it mean to you now? Like, does it have a meaning to you? And do you like it? <laughs> sure. Um, so, um, the story of chicken is that, um, when we started dating, um, we took, uh, McLean to, uh, breakfast um and we you know we ate breakfast at this great uh taco uh texas uh taco place um in la and then afterwards uh we walked around and we just wanted to see what was around there that area and uh we went to get coffee and um as toddlers do, um they have nervous breakdowns on the spot um so they <laughs> uh whatever it is I don't even remember what the the breakdown was about because toddlers could be talking about Random. a rock in front of them being uh too disturbing for them so um what I did was distraction and there was a giant chicken on top of a building um dressed in, yeah uh nine foot at least uh that but not just a chicken a chicken dressed in clothes, like had a shirt on, um, pants, and was holding like a plate of oh. probably chicken. Um, <laughs> so uh, it had this, it was a ridiculous uh, chicken on top of the building. So of course I said, look up there, there's a chicken. 
So she was like obsessed. We had to go look at the chicken from every angle. And um, so we went and looked at this chicken um, and then uh, we left to go on a hike. And so we went on a hike and as toddlers do, um, they get obsessed with things. And the whole hike was, can we go see the chicken again? This chicken was like 20 minutes away. Um, so we're like, no, we're not going to go back and see the chicken. And she was not having that whatsoever. So um, we went and uh, took her back to see the chicken on top of the building. And she was so in love with it. Um, and then I think somehow uh, Caitlin, which I do not call Caitlin, Caitlin, uh, <laughs> I call her Giggs because uh, she giggles. Um, so I came up with the name Giggs. Um, so I'm going to refer to Caitlin as Giggs the rest of the podcast. Um, so Giggs said to me that um, you're never you're never going to uh, live the chicken down. And then McLean started calling me chicken. And then Giggs started calling me chicken. And that is the story of why I'm called chicken. Do you like it? I don't think I've ever even asked you or given you a choice. Does it matter if I like it? <laughs> I think at first I was like, uh, please don't call me chicken. And then, um, then it just kind of grew on me. And then it was funny because we went home to see my family and then my family started calling me chicken. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, long live the chicken. That's all I'm yep. going to say. <laughs> yep. All right. Your turn, babe. Uh, Now we're going to get into, we did our icebreakers. Those were good. Yeah. This is not, this is like serious. Question. Oh God. Here we go. Serious hat. Okay. So gigs and I like to watch TV shows and, um, I'm not going to spoil what TV show I'm talking about. I will tell you it was phenomenal. And we just finished it last night. Um, so we were watching the show, um, where these characters are faced with the possibility that they are in their last moments of their lives. And they discuss amongst each other what they would change right now if they could go on. So not something they could change like, oh, if I was 17, I would do this again. It was like, we're in this moment right now, how do we move forward? So Giggs, I'm asking you, yes. if you were in the room with them, what would you say? And I do wanna say that I, probably think about it for a second while I say this I would imagine that it's different from what you would say three or four years ago to what you would say now and that's a very positive thing but um, I would like you to answer the question um, because I do know you're in a really great place um, yeah but I am curious how you would answer that question it's a really great question this is why you do this for a living huh yeah so there's so many ways. And it's interesting. I like the way that you said something you wouldn't change. Cause I think that's per first people's response as we go to regrets and, um, I have no regrets, you know, um, <laughs> I really, I really don't while there's, there are things that maybe I would give people as advice on things to change had all of those things not happened, I wouldn't be here. And right now, as you said, I can truly say I'm living my best years, knock on wood. I mean, 
I get to be with you. Um, McLean is getting older and it's just cherished um, years because she thinks I'm cool and beautiful. And I know that won't be forever. And um, yeah, and, and, and I'm growing the beam life, which is the best thing I think that I have really put my time and effort into probably ever. So it's an interesting question because yeah, what would I change in this very moment? But I think if anything, and it's something I'm actually actively working on, as you know, it's to not give a shit about all the little shit. So not giving a shit about all the little shit. Um, I tend to get really worked up. I mean, chicken will tell you when there's dishes in the sink, when there's, you know, the floor looks dirty, when the laundry isn't folded, when, you know, I don't know, little things aren't done. Someone didn't go to the grocery store. We're running out of toilet paper. And it's like, you know, just the little things that happen day to day. And, um, I get really worked up and I get really pissed off about it. And honestly, it doesn't freaking matter. It really doesn't matter. So what I would do in this very moment, besides obviously telling every single person that matters to me, I love you. If I knew this was my last dying days, it would be to stop worrying about all those things that really don't matter and keep focused on where I want to really spend my time and energy, which is doing this right here, right now with you. So yeah, that's a great question, but ultimately is that, is I just wouldn't care about anything that's, you know, fine. All right. We're going to, I'm going to die with dishes in the sink. We'll be fine. (laughs) My legacy will live on. (laughs) It's a magic. It's a crazy how things just kind of keep going. Yeah. Um, And it'll be okay. Yeah. To (laughs) not care about the little shits is, uh, something that I think we all could, uh, strive to do. Yeah. And it's kind of a great, um, segue into my second question to you, because this is more of a relationship question where we've kind of talked about this lately, how there's a couple people in our lives, couples that we know, um, some people who have really, uh, triumphed in relationships and other people who really struggle right now. And they're in a time of struggle. And I think COVID brought that out in a lot of couples because they're spending an extreme amount of time together. Um, and in different ways than maybe their relationship dynamic has in a long time. So all the little shits that I was just talking about are things that are getting in the way of relationships. And it's things that people are truly butting heads over. And one of us will hear from one person, you know, in the relationship and kind of ask for advice. And I want to know, because I am that person that cares about all those little things. And I sometimes have a hard time letting go. And I always tell you how much I admire the fact that you can just be still walk away, go outside, enjoy the sunshine, um, and kind of decompress for a second. And it's almost like this, not that you don't care attitude, just that it's not important attitude, like where I would like to eventually be. 
but what's it like being in a relationship with someone who is a little bit more type a like me, and you've got a little bit more of a relaxed attitude about certain things. How have you found that we've been able to make that work? Or maybe you think we haven't made it work, but I would be surprised. (laughs) But how do you think we've made that work? And what do you think is the secret sauce there? It's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that a big part of it is to let the other person be who they are completely. I've certainly been in relationships where my quietness or my stillness was like, what are you doing just sitting there? Why aren't you doing something? Um, Is very popular. Um, And uh, I have not, uh, you know, I'm a person who needs stillness and needs to, um, at the end of the day, sit down and relax. I need to, I can't just keep going all day. I just don't have that kind of energy. And I, I actually do, I am an introvert. A lot of people would say I'm an extrovert, introvert, or, you know, it depends on who you ask, but I consider myself an introvert. Um, And what that means is introverts um, get energized by going internally. Um, So that's like, where introverts are like they're they want to be alone or because that is energizing for them if they're um with a lot of people all the time and um it's just that's it's so draining it's completely draining yeah. and, and they they love that you know I love being around people I love but I don't always love it it's because it yeah. is draining to me and I need a break whereas someone like you you thrive um and you are energized by other people And that's an extrovert personality. So I understand that, uh, who you are. And I think you understand who I am. And so if you are feeling crazy and energized and all that, I'm, I think it's wonderful. You know, it's who you are. It's why I love you. And, um, I think it's just, uh, it's the true answer is just, I let you be you and you let me be me and it because we let each other be ourselves we come together into this beautiful relationship um where we get along and we communicate and it's just a really beautiful thing yeah i I think you no totally and i think you also you know elaborated on it a little bit more with the communication piece um and i think that's really huge for both of us you know i would call us call us seasoned relationship, uh, people. We have both been in long-term slash marriages, uh, in our past. And I think we've learned a lot about maybe what works and what doesn't work, but I do know the one thing that works universally for pretty much every couple when you are doing it effectively and that's communication. And I think we have set up a really great way of communicating. And when we're not communicating, we feel it, you know, it's that disconnect of, Hey, let's come back to, let's talk about what's going on here. And it's amazing how that little conversation piece and that understanding of each other has been so beautiful. And I feel so lucky. So yeah, it's good. Good stuff. Yeah. I feel very lucky too. All right. Question lucky number three for you. What you got for me? What you got? Let me pull it up. 
It's a big <laughs> one. What everyone is wondering. I'm ready. Probably a lot of people. Okay. <laughs> so sexuality is a personal mm. thing. Yeah. And in the past, it's been defined for everyone as, oh, you're gay or you're straight. Um, yes. And if you're a woman that's attracted to a woman, you're a lesbian. If you're a man that's attracted to a man, you're gay. So that's not the story today. There's many, um, there's multiple genders, there's multiple sexualities. Um, I'm asking you the question, um, what is, what would you say your sexuality is? At the same time, as I do not know what I would even say about mine. Right. It's... In the sense of, just to explain that a little bit, because that's probably confusing to some listeners, I'm non-binary. Um, we have not covered that in this podcast, but- um... Wait till my question three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm non-binary, so um, I'm a non-binary person that is attracted to cisgender women. Um, so I am not sure what, um, the term would be, what, how I would explain my sexual, uh, orientation, I guess, but I'm going to ask you, you explain what this Well, I guess we'll wait till uh, this part two question that I was just going to ask you. I'll wait till my question okay. three. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was just going to say a lot of people might not know what cisgender is. So mm, I will, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll go into that in question three for you. So, okay. um, so, yeah, so I think this is such a great question and it's something that was, it's okay. If you know me really well, you ask, people have asked me this question, but they don't say what's your sexuality because they don't know that that's the question to ask. It's like, then what are you? <laughs> that's why I was like, well, then what are you? And then my answer is I'm the bean boss, baby. Um, but you know, so there's that, um, but then there's people who don't know me and might, they just might not have the bravery, the courage, the, you know, is it appropriate to ask somebody that kind of thing? So I love that you asked this because it's something that I actually don't know either. I am exploring that because we know that there is a lot of different terms. Um, but what I think is the most important is originally when I fell in love with you, you are the first non-binary person I've ever been in any kind of relationship with it. Actually, maybe that I ever knew. Um, and I'll elaborate a little bit more on that when I ask you my question, but what I found really fascinating about that is, um, that inside I had done, I guess, enough work to be not close-minded to opportunity that was right here in front of me. And um, I know that sometimes we're raised in a culture where it's like, well, you have to like something and it's usually the opposite of what you are. So me growing up, I am a woman and the opposite of you is men and you need to like men. And I really have only dated men and I was married to one. Um, and not that I think men are bad or anything like that. I just never really truly felt the deepest connection, um, and that was across the board, you know, every guy was individually different, but it wasn't really something that, um, I could pinpoint. And I just thought I was with the wrong person, you know, <laughs> including in my marriage. And 
I just never knew anybody like you existed and no one just like you ever exists. But what I mean is that the non-binary, more butch lesbian type, um, masculine presenting person. And while everyone in, in that, that categorizes himself as that way is, um, all unique and different, much like cisgender women were all unique and different. So not that everyone's the same. However, there tends to be general specificities and now I do know, and I'm confident I can say that a, I plan on never hopefully being with anyone, but you, but B I'm definitely not attracted to men. Just I'm not. So I used to think I was pansexual because that meant that I was attracted to anything that I could be attracted to men, non-binary women, trans, that's what uh, pansexual means is that you are not closed off to anything. But when I thought about that a little bit deeper, um, I was like, that doesn't really quite describe me because besides being with D who's non-binary, um, none of the other categories apply. So, Hmm, what does that make me, you know? And so the younger generation, um, we've had this conversation, uh, with, these 13 year olds and that many kids in Gen Z, they're still using the term as lesbian that I could be referred to as a lesbian. Um, but I think personally, what I really like is that I just fall under the queer umbrella. Um, and I'm also fluid and can kind of, um, be in a deep soul connection with the person I feel that is showing up to meeting me on my soul level, which is where we're at right now. And that's me in a nutshell, always complicated. It's never a straight answer. Just like I order food off the menu. It's never exactly as is. <laughs> Did that answer that was your a great question? Answer. Yeah, I think that was a great answer. Um, and that's, uh, that's the answer I did expect. Uh, and because <laughs> we do talk about it a lot. I mean, I, and you're referring to um, my 13 year old daughter. Um, and because I have conversations because she's Gen Z and very on top of terminologies and um, what's uh, it, what what is being said and defined in that generation. And the other day I had a conversation um, about that because lesbian is actually now defined as a non-male that is attracted to a non-male. Um, however, I still have issues with the term lesbian because uh, I do not, I'm not a woman, I'm non-binary. So, um, but my association with the term lesbian is woman. So. Um, I can't really get past that, so I don't use it. Um, and uh, I, I would say for me and my own sexuality and just pers person is uh, queer is the term I love. Yeah. Um, but I do know that in the queer or in the LGBTQ plus community, queer is not necessarily a preferred term for everybody in it, but it is a term that I personally love. And uh, I'm wearing cool. our flag yeah, representing yeah. attire today. <laughs> Why don't you explain to people that can't see you um, what you're wearing? 
today. I'm wearing a full blown <laughs> head to mid calf rainbow button up dress. And it is fabulous. It is fabulous. Um, and I, it just makes me feel beaming. Why not? I knew I was talking to you and I needed to beam and you're in your classic, uh, glasses, hat, and black t-shirt. We look like ourselves. (laughs) If we're to define ourselves in a look, this is it. This is it folks. So last question I have for you. And it, it's so funny. I was like, how is this going to work? How are our questions? Are they going to match? Are they going to play on each other? I think it's so funny. We had both kind of like funny icebreakers. Then we have something that, you know, covers our relationship and, and that kind of dynamic and conversation. And now we're going into sexuality and identifying ourselves and, and, and terminology and, and a little bit of education for listeners. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about question number three. So to give a little bit of backstory to this question, um, for listeners, because not everyone might be familiar with terminology. Um, and that's okay because when I first started dating D I also was not aware what, okay. I shouldn't say I wasn't aware. I knew what non-binary was. Like I said earlier, I didn't know a non-binary person. Um, I have always been a proud ally of the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, I went to fashion school in New York and I swear in my life at some point, I must've been a gay man because I love me, uh, some dancing and some disco and, loud clothing and it's fun, but I've always been a, been an ally and, but still something I didn't understand. And I think it's still misunderstood in, in the LGBT community is non-binary, right? Because if you're not non-binary, it's really hard to understand how you can't, how you identify or don't identify with being male or female right? It's almost easier to understand what trans is, which is at birth being assigned male or female, and then deciding you are the opposite of that because you're still falling in the category of male or female. So non-binary, my first part of this question, cause it's kind of like a two slash three part question. Cause I want to break it down is non-binary can be defined as a few different things. I'd love for you to define in your words, because another non-binary person might describe it differently. What does non-binary mean to you and how is it like interpreted? How can other people understand that better when they now know, come in contact and know other non-binary people and they might know non-binary people, but have been feeling timid about addressing it or using the right pronouns, et cetera. So I would love to use this as a little moment of education. Yes. It's a great question. Um, Complex, but I'll try to be simple about the answer. Um, As I know, non-binary to be is two different possibilities. There's non-binary people that uh, identify with both male and female genders that are fluid to both genders. And then there's non-binary people that are neither gender, do not feel like either gender. 
Um, I am the non-binary uh, person that is neither. Um, I am not fluid to either male or female. I just am neither. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah. And I want to elaborate that a little more is, you know, um, when someone identifies as non-binary, typically they use the pronouns, they, them, which is the pronouns that you use and prefer. And it's not even prefer. That's it. There is no, she, they, there's no, he, they it's they, them. And, um, just like you said, for non-binaries who might, um, feel like both male and female, they might also, they might be using she, they, or he, they, but in D's case, it's they, them. So I'd love to just talk a little bit more about pronouns because I know pronouns can be, most people are like, it's so confusing. I don't understand how to use it. It doesn't make sense in the English language, blah, 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 blah. And, um, if they don't know somebody like for me, it's second nature. I don't even think twice about it um, using, using pronouns. Um, but what is a great, how can people who are wanting to use pronouns appropriately start that, you know, um, start doing that and doing it appropriately and to the, and to maybe learn a little bit more about it. Because I know like when we go out to dinner, it drives you nuts when people are like, hi ladies how's it going? So small things like that, I would love for you just to kind of educate and help out on some pronouns. Um, well, um, hopefully, um, our world is changing in general, um, to where it will is normalizing people saying to others what their pronouns are, um, as opposed to assumptions. Um, like, I was watching a show the other day and the kid was like introducing himself and he said, like, I don't know what his name was, but I'm Timothy and my pronouns are he, him. You know, it's like, it's just a natural of when you're introducing yourself, you say your pronouns as well. Mm -hmm. um, that's normalizing pronouns. I, can you hear my stomach crying? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a lunch. <laughs> so um, that's, uh, hopefully the future and that'll make it easier for everyone else. I mean, cause it, I meet people too. Um, and you know, I'm making assumptions just like everyone else's. Um, and I, you know, if I don't tell people my pronouns, they're automatically going to say she, um, so I, uh, I guess trying to think of the best way to talk about this, but, um, what was the main question? Well, just how, you know, being able to practice pronouns and to not be afraid of messing up. Cause I think that that is most people's hold back. It's not that they don't want to be respectful or use pronouns, but they overthink it so much in their head. They're like, you know, they like get caught up on their tongue because they feel like they're not doing it right. And then they're going to embarrass themselves. And, um, so how does it feel in terms of being a non-binary? Would you rather have someone at least try, even if they fumble or just kind of ignore it altogether, you know, is basically what I'm trying to ask. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a for me because everyone is different. Um, but for me, it's amazing to me when uh, it's really about the education of non-binary people. Because, like, I went to the eye doctor the other day, and I wrote that I was non-binary on my form. I never said that I was they them nothing, but they kept referring to me at the office as they them. Um, so, and that was amazing to me. Like, I didn't have to say, hey, I'm D and these are my pronouns. It was just like, they knew that I was non-binary. And so they automatically referred to me as they, them. That said, there are non-binary people that um, use she, they, use they, he. So, um, which is um, a whole nother uh <laughs> Well, another thing that I, I really am not the best expert to explain, um, but um, for me personally, it's just about normalizing it and, and even normalizing it myself, like introducing myself as non-binary. You know, it's like, right. hey, I'm D, I'm non-binary, my pronouns are they, that. I think that, and I'm starting to do that a little bit, and I think that's what... Um, and people respect it. They're like, oh, hey. And I have people that are directly in my life that totally respect my uh, pronouns and my gender, but they mess up all the time. And yeah. it's like, they're saying, they're referring to me as she. Um, and it's just like, I it, it, there is a forgiveness. Um, I do, do uh, mention like, you know, kind of casually, hey, you know, I'm they, them, you know, it's yeah. like, um, yeah. so especially if I'm like buddies with someone. Um, so uh, it's just, I think right now we're in a time where it's, uh, it's really the gender revolution. Um, there was, you know, in the 60s, it's probably, you know, the sexual revolution. We're now entering a gender revolution. Um, yeah, that's definitely getting a lot of resistance from some conservative parties um but that's just natural that that happens um but i think uh it's all about normalization um and just doing the best you can it's yeah. it's really what it's about um and it's it's really nice when someone uses my pronouns correctly and um i'm seeing it way more that uh people that are even you know they're cisgender they're putting she her they're putting he him in their email signatures i mean that simple act is so powerful um yeah. that's part of the change that's going forward that it's saying that you're respectful and an ally to all genders um so yeah. just putting it in your email signature and um it's just, uh, it's really powerful. It, it's, uh, it's, it says a lot. Um, yeah, I definitely, um, to elaborate what cisgender is, that means you identify with the, um, gender that you were assigned at birth. So I was assigned female at birth and I identify as being female. So I would be a cisgender female. Um, so that's what cisgender means. That's why we keep saying it, but I'm not sure if some of you know what that means. Um, but yeah, I want to, as we wrap this up, I just feel like it's so important, um, that 
listening, whether you are part of the LGBT community, you're an ally of the community, you don't know any single person that falls into the LGBT community, um, that's okay. This whole thing is about um, accepting each other, no matter where we're at, because we're all different and we all have different life paths. And something that me personally has taken away from being in a relationship with D and with a non-binary person is we're, there is no difference in who we are as we're all human beings. And I think it's, to me, it's courageous that, you know, people in D's generation, this is non-binary is a fairly new term for people that I would say are what 35, 40 plus. Uh, it didn't really exist when you were a child. Um, I just right? want to point out that even though the term has not existed, non-binary people have existed for yes. all time. Yes. Yes. That's like, that, we have a whole podcast on non-binary. <laughs> um, they, they truly have, if you look back in history, it's pretty amazing. Some of the things we have found out. Um, so while the term hasn't, there wasn't a way to classify, um, when, when D was a child and, and like we said at the beginning, it was like, you're either gay, you're lesbian, you're straight. That's it. Here's the boxes, check one. And, um, I think it's a beautiful thing that people can now branch out and classify themselves where, um, they truly feel like they can grow and thrive and blossom. And the best thing we can do together as a community is support one another and respect one another and learn about each other because there's a significant learning, um, when you can just sit down and have a cup of coffee and get a better understanding of these people of that we share the world with, uh, we, we all share worlds together. And while you might not understand me and my choices completely, or I might not understand, you know, yours or another's or a neighbor's, the best thing we can do is learn from each other. So I think that that's what my hope was that would come from this conversation today is that not only could me and you learn from each other, but being babes listening could get a better understanding of lots of different things, depending on whatever came up in conversation I thought today was great. So I'm super in love with you and so lucky that we get to do fun things like this. Um, there isn't anything else in the world I would rather do. And thank you. Thank you for being you always and for loving me. You're the best. I'm so in love with you too. I am very thankful for everything and I, I feel like I'm the luckiest and we could gush all day about each other because <laughs> I think we would nah. do that. Um, uh, but thank you for having me um, on your podcast. I, I think it's wonderful what you're doing um, across the board um, and I'm very happy and excited for, your, for everything you're doing. We're beaming. I love you. Yeah. You are the best, Bean Babe. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you love this episode, it would mean so much if you would share it with another Bean Babe or post it on social and tag me at The Beam Life so I can tell you thank you for helping me share the mission. You can also send me a text. Yes, a real text to 323-673-2709 where we can connect outside of the podcast. You can either chat with me one-on-one -on -one or just receive the weekly text I send to beam you up throughout your week. Anyways, it's been fun as always, and I'm honored to be a part of your journey. Until next time, keep beaming, babe.